Today's daf is daf vav of Maseches Tainus. We left off in daf Hamid Bay's in the middle of the discussions between Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak, and particularly what they spoke about after their meal because they couldn't talk during their meal. The entire daf today is going to be about the rain and when the rain is expected and uh, why the rain is called what it's called. So at the beginning we're going to talk about the term Yora, why it is that rain is called Yora. We're going to talk about the timing of Yora and Malkosh, and then we're going to have three explanations of why it's called Malkosh, what Malkosh refers to. Then we have three opinions for the timing of uh, the first three rains, three opinions in Tanoim and Nafkamina for that timing, meaning when we expect the first rain, the second rain, and the third rain of any season. Uh, and basic Gemara is going to have four opinions of, uh, of, of the Nafkamina specifically for when the second rain is, and then we're going to define which rains are Gishme Bracha. The, most of the rest of Amit Beis is going to be defining which rains are considered Gishme Bracha, and which rains are not considered to be Levracha um, and uh, included in that discussion is whether rain in the month of Teves is generally a good thing and then at the very end of the daf, the Gemara is going to talk about the Bracha that one says when it rains after an extended period of no rain that if you had a, a time where there was drought and then all of a sudden it rains so there's got to be a Bracha, what that Bracha is, what the nature of the Bracha is. But we left off on the bottom of Daf Hayam and Beis, we were in the last conversation that the Gemara Records between Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak, where they were having a su'uda together, and uh, Rav Nachman said to Rav Yitzchak, I'd like you to say something, say it's Torah or something, and uh, Rav Yitzchak responded that, you know, Rav Yochanan says that uh, one is not supposed to speak in the middle of a su'uda, because it could be dangerous, a person can choke, and it could be dangerous to talk while a person is eating, so afterwards he, uh, he told him, after the meal was over, he said, okay, you want to hear something from me now, he told them Yaakov Avinu lo meis, that Yaakov Avinu never, never died. So uh, he asked, what do you mean Yaakov Avinu never died? They buried him, they embalmed him, they, they, they eulogized him. Those are things you do for dead people. That that's, uh, can't be that he never died. So he says, I'm just darshaning a pasuk, and I uh, read through it so quickly, it didn't even strike me yesterday. I was reviewing with my son last night, and uh, it struck me much more. What's the pasuk that we quote? Va'ata altira avdi Yaakov nu'um Hashem. Don't be afraid, my servant Yaakov Hashem says, Va'al techas Yisrael, don't be fearful, Klal Yisrael, don't be, don't be uh, terrified, Yisrael, ki hinini Moshiachah me'rachok, I'm going to save you from afar, ve'ezzarachah me'eretz shivyan, and I'm going to take your children from, I uh, will save your children from the land of their captivity. So that's, uh, that should be a tefillah for us today, that we should daven ve'ezzarachah me'eretz shivyan, that that should be mekuyam, that our children should be, uh, should be brought back from the land of their captivity. So that's the Pasuk, that's Makish Hulazaru, that compares Yaakov to his, uh, to his children, just like Yaakov's children are still alive, so Yaakov is also still alive. So that was one comment that Rav Yitzchak had to Rav Nachman. Now we left off five lines into the wide lines, Amr Rav Yitzchak. So another comment Rav Yitzchak has Rav Nachman, Amr Rav Yitzchak, Rachav Rachav Miyad Nikri. Anyone who says the name Rachav twice will immediately become so aroused that he will become a Balkari. That's how beautiful Rachav was. Amr Rav Nachman, Anamin of Loich, but Rav Nachman said, what are you talking about? I 
could say it a thousand times, nothing will happen. Rachav, rachav, and nothing happens, it doesn't do anything. Amalei kika amina biyodo makira. He says, no, it doesn't sound magic that it's just when you say her name. It's only if you happen to know her and you happen to recognize her, if you knew what she looked like and you knew how beautiful she was, then just thinking about her by mentioning her name twice would be enough for a person to become a Balkari. Tulsa says, Yoda doesn't just stop me, no. Tulsa writes, Pirish biyoda sheba aleha umakira sharosa. So that uh, so, so Yoda means that he was actually boiled her. But Pashta says Yoda Makira means that you happen to know who she is, that that's enough for a person to uh, to become a Balkari just by mentioning her name. Rabbi Yaakov Emden raises the question, how could Rabbi Yitzchak say this memra? That Kolomer Rachav Rachav Nikra, isn't he risking himself becoming a Balkari? That if you say Rachav Rachav. The Ben Yoda raises the question, Rabbi Nachman asked him, Ana amin of he should have asked him, how could you say it? Meaning instead of saying, it doesn't, uh, doesn't apply to me, I'm not having any problem saying it, he should have said, how could you teach the halacha? So Rabbi Yaakov Emden uh, is metarit, so Rabbi Yitzchak must have not said Rachav Rachav. He must have said, anyone who says the name of Rachav twice, Shteipam uh, will immediately become Balkari. But the Gemara just wanted to be Makatzer, so the Gemara just says Rachav Rachav. Ben Yoyad suggests that Rav Nachman understood originally that Rav Yitzchak wasn't talking about anybody uh, who says the name twice, even if they didn't know who she was. No, Rabbi Yitzchak, it's just that Rabbi Yitzchak uh, was, was talking about a person who had, who had seen her, who, had, who knew what she looked like, because um, they, they would make a tzura of a person during their lifetimes, so that other people would know what they look like after they died. So Rabbi Yitzchak wasn't choshesh, wasn't worried about saying it, because he never saw that surah, he never saw what she looked like. Rav Nachman says, but wait a second, uh, I, Rav Nachman maybe pre- says Ben Yoda did see that surah, he did see the picture, uh, and it wasn't a photograph, but whatever it was, the painting or something of Rachav. So since he had seen it, he, uh, he, raised, he, he raised the question and says that it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be a problem even if people did see the surah, so then the Gemara's answer is not seeing it surah is not enough. You have to have actually seen her in person in order for it uh, in order for it to have any sort of effect. Otherwise, it's not it's not going to do anything just uh, just by by saying her name. Some of the achronim suggest that you see from here that saying saying the name twice uh, expresses a certain level of chiba, a certain level of closeness, a certain level of ahava, and they suggest that maybe when a person talks to an ashes ish, when a person talks to someone else's wife, he shouldn't. Say Say her name twice. In many communities, they have uh, practiced that uh, it's always Mrs. So and So that they don't say uh, someone else's wife's name. They don't call by the first name. But at least not to, not to say it twice. Some of the acharnim suggest because saying it twice is a lashon chiba and is a lashon that uh, that leads to an inappropriate kind of uh, relationship. It's dependent, all dependent on what the implication is in that society of, uh, of uh, what it is to call someone by a first name or to to repeat their first name. Anyway, the Gemara goes on that when. And they, when Rav Nachman and Rav Yitzchak took leave of each other, Mar. So he said, uh, "Give me a blessing. I'd like for you, for you to give me a bracha." So Amrle, So he said, "Let me, let me give you a mashal to explain to you that why it's so difficult to give you a bracha." It's like a person traveling and walking in the desert, and he's hungry and he's tired and he's thirsty. And he finds a tree that has the sweetest fruits. Silona in the most beautiful shade, and there's a uh, spring of fresh water that goes right under the tree. 
So the person who is hungry eats from the fruits and he was thirsty, so he drinks from the waters and he was tired, so he sits in the shade of the tree. And when it's time for him to go, and now that he's rejuvenated and energized and he's ready to move on, so Amar, he says, Tree, tree, what can I possibly in Elon notice the double Lashon? Because that's again a Lashon Chiba, how much he appreciates the tree. So, uh, what, what can I possibly bless you with? <coughs> if, I sh- if I'll say to you, I'll give you a bracha that your peros should be sweet. Your peros are sweet. You already have that. What, that your shade should be, should be nice? You already have beautiful shade. Should I bless you that you should have a spring of water that, uh, that passes under, underneath you? You have that already as well. You the only bracha that's remaining to give you is that all the saplings that they plant from you should be just like you. They should grow to be just like you. So he says, you also, what can I bless you with? In Torah, I'm going to bless you with Torah. You already have Torah. You're already great Tamil Chacham. In Ba'osher, I should bless you with wealth. You have plenty of that as well. In Bibanim, Banim, and if I'm going to bless you with children, you have children also. El the best blessing is that your offspring should be just like you. Your children, your grandchildren, they should follow in your derech, and they should be as successful in, uh, in learning in Ruchnius and Gashmius the same way you are. That's the ultimate bracha that he was able to, to give him. Um, the Ben Yoyada raises the question in the mushal of the tree. It says he finds a tree that has sweet fruits and nice shade and an Amas Hamayim. He says the cell of the Elan and the Amas Hamayim are the first things you would notice before you would notice the taste of the fruits. Because the taste of the fruits you don't notice by looking at it. You would only have to, you would have to taste it in order to notice the taste of the fruits. So he should have said, Peros of Masukim as the last thing about the tree. Why is Peros of Masukim the first thing that it says about the tree? So the Ben Yoyada suggests that he said it based on on the uh, the 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 uh, person that he was describing, he described a person who was rav va'ayef v'tzame, who was uh, hungry and tired and thirsty. So he said perosav masukin, because that's going to be the thing that solves the fact that he's rav. Silona is going to solve the ayefus, and amas hamayim is going to sol- solve the uh, the thirst. And typically speaking, when a person has those three things, the first thing that's uh, bothering him, that's bothering him the most, is uh, that that he's hungry. So that's why we uh, refer to the hunger, or maybe that's the most difficult one to solve. I don't know. So, okay, so that's the uh, muscle of the tree, and that's the end of the conversations between Nachman and Yitzchak. Now, the rest of the daf is all going to be about rain. So, Tan Rabban, we have a bright as follows. Yora, why is the rain called Yora? We call it Yoro Malkush. So, why Yora? So, three possibilities. Number one, Shemora Esabrios, that it's like a lashon of a mora, of a teacher, that it instructs us, it teaches us, Latiach Kagosayan, to make sure that the roofs are, uh, are plastered, are are tarred so that rain won't get in through the roofs, and to bring in our grain from the field so that the rain won't cause the grain to rot out in the field, and just do whatever you have to do to prepare for the rainy season, to winterize your car. You know, you have to, you have to do whatever it is that you have to prepare for the, for the season, for the rainy season. That first rain is the, is the warning. Another explanation of why it's called Yorah, that it satiates the ground, so 
not a lashon of mora like a teacher, but merave of satiating umashka ad tohom, and it saturates the ground up to the depths. So that's the uh, first rain that gives us that uh, saturation of the ground. A third possibility of why it's called Yorah. Yorah yorid benachas veinu yorid bezaaf. Because that first rain typically comes softly. It doesn't uh, rain in a strong, heavy way. Or maybe no. Maybe Yorah means that it's going to, it's going to, to uh, remove fruits and it's going to uh, flood out the, uh, the, 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 the seeds and it's going to flood all the trees. Meaning, how do we know that this Yorah is a Yorah of Bracha? that it's going to come softly and it's going to be a good kind of rain. Maybe it's going to be a kind of rain that's going to flood everything out and ruin everything. So Tamalom or Malkush. That's why it says Malkush in connection to Yorah because Ma Malkush Lebracha Af Yorah Lebracha. If Malkush is Lebracha, then Yorah is also Lebracha. It's got to be referring to a Bracha. How do you know that Malkush is Lebracha? Maybe Malkush is a Nutrikun that the word Malkush refers to that which is Mapil, that which causes houses to fall down and it's Meshaber Ilanos, and it breaks trees. Maybe, maybe this is uh, kind of like a hurricane, a Malkush. How do you know that it's a bracha? So Tamalam Yorah. That's why it says Yorah. My Yorah lebracha, Malkush lebracha. Because Yorah is a bracha. So if Yorah is a bracha, then Malkush has to be a bracha. But the Gemara points out, well, you can't do that. You can't say that I know Yorah is a bracha because Malkush is a bracha. I know Malkush is a bracha because Yorah is a bracha because then you don't know anything. So the Yorah gufemi nolan. How do we know that Yorah itself is a bracha? That when it describes a bracha of how the, we're going to be overjoyed with uh, the gifts that Hashem gives us, so it describes a yara that Hakadosh Baruch is going to give us, and that's going to be something we're going to be overjoyed about. That's got to be a bracha. So it's really from the pasuk that we see that yara is a bracha. Once we see that yara is a bracha, mela, you see that malkush is a bracha as well. Tan Rabban, we have a brisa. Yorah b'marcheshvan u'malkosh b'nisan. The Yorah rain comes down in Marcheshvan. The Malkosh rain comes in Nisan. Atom Yorah b'marcheshvan malkosh b'nisan. Oeno eli Yorah b'tishrei malkosh b'iyar. Are we sure that it's Marcheshvan and Nisan? Maybe it's Tishrei. It's a month earlier for the Yorah, and it's Iyar for the Malkosh. It's a month later for the Malkosh. So Tamalomar b'ito. That's why the pasuk says b'ito. So that's how we know that it has to that 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 ideally it comes in those times because that is biito that is the appropriate times for those uh, for those rains to come. Malkosh, what does the term Malkosh mean? Well, just like we had Yorah, we had three explanations of what the etymology of Yorah was, whether it was Mora or Merave or uh, or or is lost from Yorah that it's Yorah Benachas. So we have Malkosh also. We have different uh, explanations of what the etymology of the word Malkosh is. Malkosh Number one, first possibility, it's the thing that is mal the kashios the difficulties of klalisol. Meaning when it doesn't when it doesn't come, so uh, meaning the klalisol is going to end up doing tshuva and fasting and doing nice things. So it's uh, it's sort of a malus levavchem, 
like we have a meal of the heart that Klal Yisrael uh, manages to do tshuva. So the malkosh is what causes us to do tshuva. Not the malkosh, but when it doesn't come, when it doesn't rain, when it's supposed to rain, that leads us on a tshuva movement, so that, that ends up being something that's good spiritually for Klal Yisrael. Debe Rabbi Shmuel Tana, Davar Shememale Tavua Bekashya, that it's, uh, it's something that, that fills the grain um, and it makes it complete. It makes the grain complete, it makes the grain stronger because of this rain. It's that which uh, comes down on the Melilos and the Kashin. The Melilos are the rubbed out grains when you, when you rub the grain free from the, uh, from the, from the stalk. We have a price that says Yoruba is in Marcheshvan, Malkosh is in Nisan. So that we already pointed out early, a couple of lines ago. So it says, Gmar Ata Omer, Yorub Marcheshvan, Oweinu Alibachadish Kislev. How do you know Yor is in Cheshvan and not in Kislev? So Tam Lomer, Beito Yoru Malkosh. Ma Malkosh Beito, Av Yoru Beito, because it says Beito Yora and Malkosh. So if Malkosh is Beito, then Yor is also Beito, so it has to come in Marcheshvan and not in Kislev. Tanya Idoch, we have another Brisa, Yorub Marcheshvan and Malkos Punisa and Divra Meir. The Rameir says Yorub comes out of Marcheshvan and Malkos comes out of Nisan. The Chum Omrim, Yorub Kislev, but the Chacham disagree and they say that the Yorub rain comes in Kislev. So Man Chachamim, who are these Chachamim that say Yorub comes in Kislev? Amrav Chista Rabbi Yossihi, it's in fact Rabbi Yossi because there is a three way Machlokas Tanaim that we're about to quote as to when the first, second, and third rains are expected. The Gemara will get into Lamay Nafkamino, who cares when it's expected, meaning you could expect whatever you want. HaKadosh Baruch will make it rain when it, when it rains, but the Gemara is going to give three opinions of when the first, second, and third rains are expected. Ditanya, we have a Brisa. Ezohi Revere Rishona. What is the Revere Rishona? What is the first rainy season? Sabachira B'Shlosha Marchesh. When the early rain is from uh, the third day of Marchesh, when Beninis B'Shivabo, the middle rain is on the 7th of Marcheshvan, and the last rain is on the 17th of Marcheshvan, Divra Meir. That's what Meir says, that the first, second, and third rains are specifically on those dates, 3, 7, and 17th of Marcheshvan. That's opinion number one, that's from Meir. Opinion number two, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, the dates are Beshiva Ubi Yudzayinu Bas not 3, 7, and 17, but 7, 17, and 23 of Marcheshvan. And then the Third opinion of Yossi Omer, Piyud Zayin, Be'esrim Veshlosha, Ubrosh Chodesh Kislev. That it's on the 17th of Marcheshvan, the 23rd of Marcheshvan, and Rosh Chodesh Kislev. V'chein ra'yir Rabbi Yossi Omer, E'na yichidim esanin, Ad shiagir Rosh Chodesh Kislev. And Rabbi Yossi says that individuals only fast once Rosh Chodesh Kislev arrives, meaning the day, the day that, the third, uh, that the third rain was supposed to already come, and it still hasn't come, that's when we start to fast if it still hasn't rained by Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Amr of Chista Halacha Krabiosi. So if Chista says we paskin like Krabiosi, that's when a person fasts. If Rosh Chodesh Kislev comes and it hasn't yet rained, because that's when it's supposed to have rained. The implication is that according to Rabbi Meir, we would fast if the seventeenth day of Marcheshvan comes and it doesn't rain, and according to Rabbi Yehuda, we would fast if the twenty-third day of Marcheshvan comes and it doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't rain. So that's the psak like Krabiosi, and that's what the Rambam paskins. The 
Rambam writes, Ha'osar atzmo bedavar ad ha'geshem ha'reza osar ad zmana geshem shu beretz Yisrael rosh chodesh kislev. If a person asers himself from something until the rain, it's asar for him until rosh chodesh kislev. He gives zmana geshem ha'reza mutter bein yardu geshem bein lo yardu. Now, if uh, the zman of the geshemim comes and his neder was to make something asar until the zman of geshemim, well then, whether it actually rained or not, once rosh chodesh kislev came, it's that's the zman of the geshemim. Vim yardu geshem mishivas marcheshvan hareza mutter. But if it actually rained already from the seventeenth of marcheshvan, then it's going to be mutter because that's already a time that we expect rain to happen. So you see, like Rabbi Yossi, that we start expecting rain on the seventeenth of marcheshvan. The third rain is already by chodesh kislev. Chodesh kislev. If it hasn't come by then, then we fast. So the Kesmishnah and the Grah explain that the Rambam is passing explicitly, like Rabbi Yossi, that the Revir Rishona is Yitzayin marcheshvan, and therefore that date matters in halacha, but Rosh Chodesh Kislev also matters in halacha. And that's what the Shulchan Aruch Paskins as well. Shulchan Aruch in Yerodeah in Simen Reishchav. The Shach just points out that both the Rambam in Hilchas Tefillah and the Shulchan Aruch in Aruchayim Simen Kuf Zayin Paskin, that when it comes to this man that we start asking for rain, they both say that we start asking for rain, we start being Shalom Shamim on Zayin Mar Cheshvan. that's not Shittas Rabbi because Rabbi Yossi says the first rain is not expected until 10 days after that, until 17th day of Mar Cheshvan. that's going like Rabbi Yehuda, that the Revia Rishona, the first rain is expected on Zayin Mar Cheshvan. So the the Shach asked the Shulchan Aruch and the Rambam were both sosa themselves because when it comes to Nedarim and Hilchus Nedarim, if a person takes a Neder that he's gonna that he's he's gonna withhold something from himself until until the rain until the time of rain, so he has to withhold until uh, until Rosh Chodesh Kislev, which is like Rabbi Yossi. And over here, and when it comes to Hilchus Tefillah, when we're supposed to start asking for it, they both paskin like Rabbi Yehuda. So the Shach writes Yesh liyashiv bedochak v'tzarachim. The Shach just adds that that's why Rashi quotes the Gersa in the name of his Rebbe that Ram Rav Chista Halachuk Rebbe Yehuda because uh, we paskin that we start asking for rain on Zayin Mar Cheshvan so that's why he doesn't want to have a Gersa that the Halachas Krabiyosi because then why are we asking for rain on Zayin Mar Cheshvan the asking for rain on Zayin Mar Cheshvan is against the Sheet of Rebbe Yossi but it's a difficult uh, Pesach in the Ramam difficult Pesach in Shulchan Aruch why we would be Mechalik between Nidarim on the one hand and uh, She'ilas Gishamim in Tefillah on the other hand Back in the Gemara, five lines to the bottom, or six lines. Amemer Masni Lahadr Rav Chista Bahalishna. Amemer taught Rav Chista's teaching in the following way. Bishloshim Marcheshvan Shalin Asagisham. On the third day of Marcheshvan, we are Shawal for rain, we already ask for rain. Ramagam Liel Omer Bishivaba. Ramagam Liel says on the seventh day of Marcheshvan, Amr of Chista Allah Kramagam Liel. And Rav Chista says, we pass on the Kramagam Liel that we already ask for rain on the seventh day of Marcheshvan. Kemanaz Lahadatanya Rav Shimgam Liel Omer Gisham Shiardu Shiva Yam Zacharze. Ataman Ben Ravir Rishon Ushni Ushlishis. Who's the one that holds that if it if it rains for seven days consecutively, we can count uh, the first rainy season, the second rain, and the third rain as uh, as having happened already? So command Rabbiosi. That's assuming like Rabbiosi. Rabbiosi is the one that views it in seven day intervals, right? He has the seventeenth, the twenty third, and Rosh Chodesh. So everything happens in seven day intervals. So that's why Rabbiosi says when it rains for seven days in a row, you hit two Rabbios. You hit Rabbiosi Rishon and Shneiv, it then rains another. 
other seven days in a row, you hit the Revia Shnia and Shlishis. So that's gone like Rabbi Yossi. The other opinions have, uh, have, have, have scattered intervals. It's not seven days at a time. It, meaning, uh, according to uh, Lamashal Rabbi Meir, what do you have? They have seven, the, sh- sh- seventh day of Zayin Marcheshvan. Um, you have, uh, sorry, Gimel Marcheshvan, Zayin Marcheshvan, and Yud Zayin Marcheshvan. So you have a four day interval and then a ten day interval. So it has nothing to do with seven days, right? So it's only Rabbi Yossi that it actually works out in seven day intervals. Amr of Chisa Allah Rabbi Yossi. And Chisa says we pass like Rabbi Yossi. So it says, okay, great. Now that we know this three way Machlokas Tanaim about when the first rain is supposed to come and the second rain is supposed to come and the third rain is supposed to come, what difference does it make when it's supposed to come? It will rain when it rains. What do you mean when, when is it supposed to come? So Bishlam Well, in terms of the first rain, I understand it's a very clear nafkamina because whenever the first rain is supposed to come, that's when we start saying v'sein talamata levracha, and that's paskun shulchan aruch, right? That we start saying zayim because we hold that that's when the first rain is supposed to come, like shitas rabbi yehuda. So that makes a lot of sense. Shlishis lisanos when the third rain is supposed to come is also very critical because if it hasn't yet come, if it hasn't rained yet by that time, that's when we start to fast. So that also we understand how it chaps nafkamina. But shniel lemai, what's nafkamina when the second rain is supposed to come? So Gemara is going to have four possible nafkaminas. First nafkamina, amr abizeirel the nedarim. Nafkamina is going to be with regard to nedarim, with regard to a person who takes a neder. How so? The tanan, if a person takes, the Mishnah says as follows: If a person takes a neder, then he's going to withhold something from himself. He's not going to eat uh, fruit until the rain comes, until the, until the rainy season. So mishiyardu geshamim, or well, the the gears over here. You have to add if he t- takes rain ada geshamim, so it's ad shiyuhu geshamim. Then he has to actually wait till it rains. But uh, uh, the, the, then until it's supposed to rain. But if he's ad shetered geshamim, I'm sorry, ada geshamim ad shiyuhu geshamim, or mishetered geshamim ad shetered raviyashnia. If a person takes a nether in any of these lashonos, he's got to wait until tered raviyashnia until the second rain. So the nafkamina is for nedarim that if a person takes a nether that he's going to withhold something from himself until until the rain. It's the raviyashnia. So that's why it's important to know when the raviyashnia is supposed to be. Rabbi Kivager and Galina Shastras points out Rabbi Zera Lachar could have said a better nafkamina. The Mishnah that he's quoting from is a Mishnah in Shvius in the ninth parak of Shvius. The Mishnah, the full Mishnah, reads as follows: Hamaskir bayis if I rent, I own a house and I rent it out, and I, the rental agreement is that you are renting this house until Gishamim. So the Allah is, when do you get the house until? Until the second rain. And then it says, another Allah, that if you're not allowed to get enough from me until, uh, until the Gishamim, it's also until the Raviyashniya. So Asher the Mishnah says explicitly, why would the Gemara only quote the second one, not the first one. There's a nafkamina with Schirus Batim, and there's a nafkamina with Nadarim. Why would you quote the nafkamina about Nadarim and not the nafkamina about Schirus Batim? So the Rashash is Mataritz, or Bizeru doesn't is not is not quoting a Mishnah in Shviyas. Rabbi Kivega got the wrong Mishnah. He's quoting a Mishnah in Nadarim. The Mishnah in Nadarim only brings the nafkamina about Nadarim, doesn't bring the nafkamina about Schirus Batim. So that's a very uh, simple Taritz to just say that he's quoting about Nadarim and not Schirus Batim. Why doesn't he talk quote the Mishnah in Shaviyas, it uh, comes earlier, so he said because they weren't Bikim in Seder's Rhyme so much they knew Seder Nashim very very well, but they weren't such Bikim in Seder's Rhyme the Gemara has a comment in the, about Metziah that Rabbi Baravua says to Eliyahu, Barbo lo Metzina 
Beshisa Matzina. We're not even. We're barely experts in four Sidarim. Six Sidarim. We're definitely not experts in. Why? Why are they not experts in uh, in more than four Sidarim? Because Rome and Tarus were things that were no gaya to them in Galus. So no one, uh, no one was such an expert in Zrayim and Tarus. That's why he doesn't quote the Mishnah from Zrayim. He quotes the Mishnah from Nashim because Nashim is something that everyone knew Kaseda. That was something people knew much better. So Nedarim is in Seder Nashim. The Nitziv in Rome Sada is Matari. It's based on a Rambam. The Rambam in the tenth paragraph of Hilchus Nedarim writes that if a person takes a Nedar Ada Geshem. So if the rain comes down, he's in Yarduk Shamim. It's Asrad Raviri Shon. And if it didn't rain, then it's Asrad Raviya Shlishes. But if he says Ad Hagishamim, he's Asr until Raviya Shnia. So there's enough Kaminul in the Darim by all three Reviyos. Meaning it will turn out that there's some Halacha relating to the Darim about Raviri Shon, Raviya Shnia, and Raviya Shlishes. So that's why Rabbi Zera prefers this Nafkamina because it's not only going to be enough Kaminah about Raviya Shnia. Skiras Batim is only enough Kaminah about Raviya Shnia. But he'd rather have a, something that's going to be a nafkamina on all three levels. Okay, anyway, that was the first nafkamina about Raviya Shnir, why we care about when the second rain is supposed to come. Second nafkamina, second line from the top on Vavim Beis, Razvidamar Lizesim. The nafkamina is for olives. How is it enough Gemina for olives? Titran, we have a Mishnah. When can regular people who, even non people who are not poor, go and take whatever's left of the Leket Shechem Meaning at what point do we say, okay, the Aniyim took whatever they're going to take. And therefore, you don't have to just leave it there to rot, let other people take it. So Mishayelcha Nemushos. It's once the Nemushos go through the field. Once the Nemushos go through there, then we can assume that the poor people are done. And the parrot and the olos, the, the parts of the of the grapevine that goes to the, uh, the the grapes that go to the poor people is once the anim have gone through the vineyard and come back through the vineyard, then we could assume whatever's left, they're not going to take. And when can a regular person who's not poor take the matnosanim from olives? That's from the second rain, Raviyashnia. So that's enough Gemina for Raviyashnia. Now, parenthetically, Mara says, we said that for Leket it's from when the Nemushos go through. Well, my Nemushos, what are Nemushos? So Gemara has two possibilities. Amar Biochran, Sabida Azli Atigra. Nemushos are old people who walk with a cane, and therefore they walk very slowly. So the reason that you, regular people can only take the produce after those people have gone through the fields is because those people won't miss anything. I Meaning people who are running through quickly will go quickly and their, their eyes won't catch everything because they're walking too fast. They're going to move through too quickly. But people who are slowed down by, uh, by, uh, by old age and are not able to walk quickly, they're not going to miss anything. They're going to see every last crack in the sidewalk. They're going to see every last little thing because they're going so slowly. So once they pass through, then you can take whatever's left. Reish Lakish Lakish says, no, that, what, what's it referring to? Nemushim alukuti basalukuti. People who come to pick the, uh, the grain from the field and they have their children follow behind them in case they miss anything. So the system they work out is they tell their child, if I miss anything, you pick up behind me. I'll take the bulk, I'll take the bulk of, uh, of the produce uh, because the adults should carry the uh, heavier burden and the child will take whatever, uh, whatever little bit is, is left behind. That's likute basalikute. Now the... Um, 
there is a, the, it, it sounds like it's a uh, it's a machlokas over here, right? So that one opinion is that nemushos are the people on the canes, and the other opinion is lukute basa lukute. So they argue what when can uh, people who are not aniim come to take from the field? The Rambam writes uh, that So it sounds the Rambam saying like Reish Lakish that it's lukute basa lukute. They have two pickers come through the field, that's when you're allowed to take it. So the Akronim ask on the Rambam, that generally speaking, when you have Machloks, Reishloks, Rabbi Yochanan, Alach, Rabbi Yochanan, except for, uh, except for three places where we don't paskin like Rabbi Yochanan. But all the Nosei Kalim say that typically we always paskin like Rabbi Yochanan. So the Kesem Mishnah explains that the Rambam must be reading the Gemara a little bit differently than Rashi. That it's not that these are two opinions. They're not arguing Ladina at all. And uh, it's Likutei Basa Likutei and uh, the Sabi Dazli Atigra are the same thing. That it's uh, they're, they're just arguing on what the type of the word Nemushos is. But in terms of the timing of when these things happen, they happen at the the same time, so it's a, it's not it's not a difference in halacha. It's just a difference in how to translate the word nemushos. That's the the whole machlokas, and therefore the Rambam is not paskening uh, like Reish Lakish against Rabbi Yochanan. He's paskening like both opinions, and he just uh, translates the word nemushos like Reish Lakish translated the word nemushos. Now it's interesting. Rashi said, "Why is it takamutter after these people go through the fields?" So Rashi explains the pashtus that the reason that it's mutter is because uh, the 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 already have yeyush at that point, because whatever's left at that point, they assume is nothing. They assume that there's not going to be a, so whatever's left, they're ready miyayish from taking whatever's left. Where does Rashi get the idea that it's based on yeyush? It's a sugim, probably the first Gemara most of us ever learned in our lives, where the Gemara talks about yeyush shalomidas. So the Gemara brings a raya from, uh, from, from this Mishnah to the Shita of Rava, that Yeyush Shalomidas is considered Yeyush, because you see that the Aniyim, because according to Abayi, Yeyush Shalomidas is not considered Yeyush, the Aniyim, the Yeyush of the Aniyim shouldn't help, because uh, the, the Aniyim uh, in, in other places that don't live right near this field, don't know about this field, so that would be considered Yeyush Shalomidas, so if Yeyush Shalomidas was not Yeyush, then regular people would not be allowed to go into the field, so the Gemara uses this in, as one of the Rayas, and that Machlokas, Abayi and Rava, Abayi now the Rambam in Hilchus Matnas Aniim writes in the first paragraph of Hilchus Matnas Aniim that Nemr Matnas Aniim la Ani v'la Ger Tazovosam that you're supposed to leave the Matnas Aniim to the Ani and to the Ger calls Mancha Aniim Tovimosam. That it's in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says that you leave it for the Ani and the Ger. That's only as long as they're still interested. Once their Ani is not looking for it anymore, the Ani is not interested anymore. So then anyone is allowed to take it. It's not like Truma, the Ramam says, where it's Kadosh and it's only for a Kohen and the Zar is not allowed to eat it. And there's no mitzvah to dafka, leave it there. You don't have to leave it for animals to come and take Take it. So once the Aniyim are not going to take it anymore, so then then it's fine. So the the Rambam, and it's really he's based on a Gemara in Chul and Daf Kuf but it sounds like it's 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 not about Yeyush that the uh, the idea that you're allowed to take it has nothing to do with Yeyush. It's just that's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is not to leave it there forever. The mitzvah is to leave it there Lani Vlager. Once there's no more Ani and Ger, Mela, there's no mitzvah. So the Dvar of Ram in Chelakal of Simu Gimli explains that we need both reasons. We need both the Yeyush reason and the, the 
the reason the Rambam calls the Chulin about uh, Lani Vlager. Um, the, uh, the because he says from the pasuk we would only learn that uh, that that uh, that any time where there aren't any aniim at all in that area, there would be no chiv to leave it there at all. But in a place where there are aniim and you left the matanos for the aniim, so I would think that then it becomes the mammon of the aniim, and therefore you, you then have to leave it there forever, even after the aniim give up on it. So that's what I would have thought. That's why it has to tell me about Yehush Lomidas. That no, Yehush Lomidas is Yehush, and therefore even though it did become the mammon of the aniim, but it's no longer the mammon of the aniim because they had Yehush on it. Now, had we only had the issue of Yehush, so I only would have been Matya the matanos Mishum Gezel for anyone who's not from the Bali Asada, but not for the Bali Asada, because I would have said, well, the Bala Sada, he has a mitzvah of Tazov. He's not allowed to take it. He has a mitzvah of Tazov that he's got to leave it. So that's why we have the drush that says, no, Tazov is a mitzvah to leave it. Tazov is a mitzvah to leave it. And if there's no Ani Vager, there's no mitzvah of Tazov. And therefore, even the Bala Sada is allowed to take it. So that's how Dvar explains why we would need both of those reasons. Okay, all of that was the second nafkamina of why we need to know about the second rain. So again, the second nafkamina is to know when you're allowed to take zesim, when you're allowed to take olives from the uh, olive orchards. Third nafkamina, why it's important to know when the second rain is. Rav Papa Amar to know when it's mutter to walk through paths in people in people's fields. One of the takanos that Yoshua made when we went into Eretz Yisrael was that even though they're privately owned fields, if it's much more convenient to walk through the field than to walk around it, that when it's reasonable, when you're not going to ruin the field, when you're not going to be stepping on things that were just planted, you're not going to be destroying anything, you're allowed to walk through the paths of the fields. But that is only until Raviyah Shnia. Once the Raviyah Shnia happens, so then it's time that you can assume that the, the things are planted and things are going to start to grow and you're going to be trampling on things, you're going to be ruining things, so then it's no good. But you're allowed to walk through the fields at least until Raviyah Shnia. That's what Rashi says over here. This is one of the ten, uh, the ten conditions, or the ten takanos, that, uh, that, that the Gemara lists in Masechus Babakama that Yeshua was Masna when Klal Yisrael entered into Eretz Yisrael, and someone who's uh, not Mekayim them is called Ra, because it's Al Timna Tov Mi Balav, and that's what the Torah writes as well, that this is from Takanos Yeshua, that we were allowed to walk through these fields. The difficulty with that is, the Bach points out, is that uh, the Gemara in Masechus Babakama, when it goes through the Ten Takanos, points out that if you look at the, ten, the list of the Ten Takanos, and then you actually count them, you'll find that it's Eleven Takanos and not Ten Takanos. So the Gemara's Maskan over there is that this one doesn't count as a Takanas Yoshua. This one was a Takanas Shloma Melech. It wasn't a Takanas Yoshua. This is the eleventh one of the Mahalchen Bishvile Rishos. It was Takanas Shlomo. And that's what the Ram writes as well. Shlomo's Masakin that were that over Idrachim are allowed during the Yemosachama to go in Shvile in Shvilim Shabasados in the paths in the fields. So how how do how does Rashi how do all the Rishonim write that it's called Takanas Yoshua? So the Rishonim explain that um that, that we have to assume is, or the, the Yachronim explained rather, that we have to assume is that, yes, Yeshua did make this Takana, it's just that Yeshua was only metakin it for Eretz Yisrael. Shlomo Melch was metakin it for Chutz Laaretz as well. Now, once Shlomo Melch was metakin for Chutz Laaretz as well, that you let it walk through people's, people's fields, it it's no longer, it was no longer, it can no longer be listed amongst 
those special Eretz Yisrael Dekatakanos, because now it's a Takana for everywhere. So when Yoshua made the Takana, it was one of his Takanos. It was, there were 11 Takanos. But the Gemara lists 10 Takanos that are Eretz Yisrael Dekatakanos, that are Takanos that are specifically for Eretz Yisrael. This one, after the days of Shlomo Melch, is no longer just an Eretz Yisrael Takana. It's an everywhere Takana. Now the Gemara says, fourth Nafkamina, of knowing when the second rain is, Rav Nachri is a Gemar Levar Peroshviyas, to know when to get rid of the Peroshviyas from the house. from the of Until what point is a person allowed to get ana and burn the straw that grew during shvius? Only until the second rain. Once the second rain comes, then you could be assured that it's no longer available to the chaya out in the field. And any shmita produce that's no longer available out in the field, we have a mitzvah's biur. We have to get rid of that produce from our houses. It says to the behemoth and the chaya in the land, calls mancha chayo chalas pesada hachal bemtucha bebayis. So we learn from there that as long as the chaya has it available in the field, you're allowed to keep it in the house and feed it to your behemoth. If it's no longer available to the chaya in the field, so then it should no longer be fed to the animals in the house. You have to do the mitzvah's biur. The mitzvah's biur is taking it out of the house, we paskin just being mafkirit. And then if no one claims it, then you, take, you could take it back. There's no isra of eating shemitah produce or using shemitah produce, but there is a mitzvah to be mevair shemitah produce at the right time. Am Rabbi Yavav, my Lashon Revia. So now we've been talking about the Revia Rishon or Revia Shnia or Revia Shlishis. What does Revia mean? Why would we call rain Revia? So it says, Dover Sharoveya Esakarka. It's a Lashon of Tashmasha Mita, of Bia. That it's like uh, the rain is Roveya the Karka. That it's, uh, it's, it's like a male female relationship. Kid Rav Yudah, like Rav Yudah taught, Am Rav Yudah Mitra Baila Da'arahu. The rain is considered to be, the Baal is considered to be the husband of the ground. Shanemar Kikasha Yerud Ageshem. Use a lashon of halada of being molded the ground. Raviyavo also taught that the Rishona is supposed to saturate the ground to one tefach of depth. It should be the ground should still be wet. Shnia, the second Raviya should make the ground so wet that kadei logufa pichavis. It should make it so muddy that it should be the kind of thick mud that you could that you could. Uh, uh, make a uh, barrel airtight by putting that mud around the opening of the barrel. If it rains enough to make the ground muddy enough to, to, to seal a barrel, well, that's, that rain is not a rain of, of, of klala. Such a rain is a rain of bracha. It's not, it's not a, a fulfillment of, of, uh, of the curse. Any rain that comes before we say the word Vatsar and Kriyashma is not going to be a curse. Amar Vasar that's only if it rains before the nighttime Shema. But if it comes if it rains before the morning time Shema, that could be a rain of a curse. Meaning if it rains in the middle of the night, that's not always a good rain. The morning clouds are not good clouds. So uh, that it's not considered a good thing, the Anan Boker, the clouds of the morning. Amler 
But don't people always say the expression that uh, if it rains when at the time that the stores are opening up, the guy who goes around selling grain can fold up his sack and go back to sleep because it's going to be useless. He's not going to do much. He's not going to do much in terms of sales because the, that rain is such a kavaldika rain that everyone's going to have plenty of grain. There's going to be so much available. No one's going. He's not going to make any money that day. So he might as well just pack up his bags and go back to sleep. So don't you see that it's a bracha that rain in the morning is a big bracha that it's not considered to be a klala. So Gemara says lo kasha depends how thick the clouds are. Thicker clouds are different than thinner clouds. Amravu the tavalushasa de teves are malta. Ravido also says you know, a good sign for the year is when teves is an almana, when the month of teves doesn't have any rain. And again, there's a we could keep track throughout this Masechta, when how the relationship somehow of rain and the ground, or when it rains, is considered like a husband wife relationship, like a male female relationship. We refer to when it doesn't rain as an almana. That teves is an almana means that it doesn't rain. During Teves. Some say that the explanation is because the places where their Marbitz Torah are not going to have problems uh, traveling in uh, Teves if it didn't rain, because what, the rain would destroy the roads and would make it very difficult to travel. Others say that no, if the, uh, if the grain is very wet, some mud will stick to it and it will get all gross. But wait a second, Rav Chista says, isn't it good for a year? Don't we say that it's good for a year when uh, Teves is uh, is a manuvelas, when Teves is like a zona, meaning when uh, when there's uh, when when Teves is not like an almana, but Teves is full of uh, of rain. Lokasha hada asa hada asa No, it, it depends whether it had rained prior to Teves. If it had rained prior to Teves in Marches, when it was supposed to rain, and then it rains again in Teves, well, that's bad because that's gonna it's gonna ruin the roads. It's gonna it's gonna be too much. But if it didn't yet rain in Marcheshvan, then of course we want it to rain in Teves. If it rains a part of Medina and another part of the Medina doesn't rain, that is not a curse. That's a good thing. So, that when Akhrush Baruch is cursing us, he's telling us that I'm going to make it rain on part of a Medina and not make it rain in another part of a Medina. So don't you see that it is a curse? All of that is a curse. Says meaning it's a curse for the area that gets the rain and a curse for the area that doesn't get the rain. So you see that rain on part of an area is not a good thing. It depends. In those places that it rains, if it rains way too much in those places, so it's a curse for the place where it rains because it just floods out the whole area, and it's a curse for the place where it doesn't rain because it didn't get any rain. So no one's happy. But if it's a, if it, the areas where it rains, it rains the proper amount. So then it's a good thing because then that area will be good, and the other areas won't. Amravashi uh, and the other areas will be able to be supplied by those areas. Amravashi matar makom matar. That's in the trick, and that's what the word means. That it should be a place of matar. Shmamina. Uh, so you see that uh, this chilik is a correct chilik. That sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, depending on how much it's actually raining. Okay, we'll have to stop there. We'll pick up from. Remember, we have more about rain tomorrow, Bezalel.